How is everybody on a beautiful Sunday morning? Yes. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord? I'm just like King David. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We're going to celebrate today. And I'm telling you, we have got a jam-packed service. We've got a lot going on. Today's an action-packed day. Of course, you know that tonight is pastor's birthday party, and so we're going to give you some details and information on that here in just a few minutes, and everybody's invited to that, so we want to see everybody there. Uh, yesterday was pastor's 70th birthday. Today is going to be the celebration, all right? But the first thing we do every single service is we speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we believe that America is coming to Jesus no matter what it looks like. Amen. So let's stand up together today and we are going to speak some words of faith, some anointed, power-filled words over the United States of America because who believes America is coming to Jesus with me? Amen. We'll say it all day long. We ain't ashamed to say this. Let's do it. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Come on. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Very good. Well, as I said, we've got a lot going on today with our birthday celebration and whatnot. But one very important thing that happened last week was our youth group went on their summer trip, okay? And so everybody helped, uh, you know, they raised money and we sent them uh, for three days to St. George, Utah, and they had a wonderful time. They had fun, but they learned the word of God because that's number one, right? Amen. And so anyway, we have got a, uh, we've got about a three minute video clip here and we're going to show you uh, some highlights of their time in St. George. Utah. So let's go ahead and watch that youth clip. Roll that beautiful bean footage, can we?
Very good. So thank you, everybody, that helped our youth group go on their trip. And, uh, hey, that's one a priority at High Desert Word Center is our children and our teenagers all the way from the newborns up to the high schoolers. And we love everybody, but seriously, we love kids, and we want to minister to them and reach them at this crucial age in their life so they lay that foundation for Jesus. Amen. Can we give it up for our young people one more time today? All right. And so as a thank you, this they wanted to do this on their own. The youth group will be passing out some thank you popsicles as you exit church today. So you get a popsicle to go with your humidity. You're welcome. That's for you. I'm all right. Very good. So that's for you. All right. A few quick announcements here. Uh, first of all, we want to remind you that every Sunday morning from 9 to 930 in the office building, we have our Sunday morning Bible class. It's just 30 minutes long. Uh, we're studying the book of John one chapter at a time. And Austin's leading that for us. There he is. Austin's leading that for us. And uh, join it, man. If you want to learn more about the Bible, if you want to grow, you want to be able to ask questions or just meet fellow Christians, that's a great place to do that. Sundays from 9 to 9.30, all right? And then, of course, uh, this is a big one. We have our missionaries, Dana and Liz Nile. They're going to be with us on Sunday, August the 1st, all right? So let's hear it for Dana and Liz. They are hardcore missionaries. They are all over the world. And, of course, things have slowed down over the last year. But they're in Vietnam. They're in Thailand. They're in India. They're in Nepal. In fact, he was telling me that their very first uh, their very first assignment after they graduated Bible college, they moved to the jungle of Nepal. They were a two-day walk from the nearest road. And then it was a few more days to get into town from there. These guys are hardcore, and they are on fire for God. But they will be with us in a couple of weeks on Sunday, August the 1st, all right? And then tonight is the big birthday party for Pastor Samples. Yes. Of course, my dad, all right? He's my dad, but uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, everybody's invited. Uh, we're going to be barbecuing. We've got hot dogs, hamburgers, side dishes, cake, and ice cream, and we are just going to party and celebrate uh, the man of God that we are blessed with. And so everybody be here, okay? And if you sign up to bring something, uh, you know, uh, try to get that in. Uh, one thing that we need is directly after the service, some of you men, um, we need to help. We need some help bringing some of the tables over here. So you can know, Robert, you already did that? Oh, Robert already did it, okay? So you guys are off the hook, all right? Hey, some of you guys were already flexed, and you were like, hey, I got this, man. Show me the table. All right, but anyway, that's good. Robert did it. Robert did it. You don't have to do it, all right? So that's tonight at 6 o'clock. And then, finally, I've got one more announcement. And that is this, is that the High Desert Word Center 2021 Olympic T-shirt contest is starting on Friday. Yes. And you're like, well, what in the world is that? Some of you know what it is. Some of you don't. So every time the Olympics roll around, uh, we like to get our competitive spirits flowing. And we have a social media T-shirt contest. And so if you've got an HDWC T-shirt, you put it on, you get online, and you take 
just, you know, take any picture, but, but, uh, but to the best picture, there's a prize, okay? But we want everybody involved, and so if you're like, I'm too afraid to climb on top of a fire truck, or climb a cliff, or Photoshop myself with Chuck Norris, that's fine. You don't have to do all that stuff, but just get involved, okay? And so, uh, you're gonna take that picture, put it on Facebook or Instagram, you are gonna hashtag High Desert Word Center, hashtag I Love My Church, and it would be helpful if you tagged me, just so I can make sure that I see it, and you don't uh, miss out on being in the contest. And so uh, we've got some fresh t-shirts coming in. Some of you pre-ordered. We have a few extras. If you want them, they'll be here within the next week and a half. But I want to show you a few honorable mentions from the last couple of contests so you have an idea of what we're going for. So here we go. Look at this. We've got uh, we've got Raul flexing up there. All right. We've got Maxine's grandkids with the police department, Norma. There's a whole group of us at the Holy Spirit Conference. Uh, Let's see some more. There's Alex standing on a fire truck. Um, I don't know. You know, praise God. Glad he didn't fall. And then on the right, uh, there's a glare on that, but we have Adriana and Sabrina posing as mannequins in the window of the gap. All right. That actually won her $16, straight cash, right? $16 and a gold medal. And, uh, and I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get, oh, well, we'll keep going. So we've got Ian. Uh, you have me with Tom Brady after he lost the Super Bowl, I think, that year. But anyway, he's won like five more since then, so whatever. I can't be too mad. Then we've got more of them in the gap. Uh, we've got three ushers on top of the church roof, you know. One of my favorites is Nick. Um, I don't know if, how, you know, if you're not a weapons person, then just keep scrolling, but that's pretty sweet, all right? He's got some weapons, a motorcycle, and America, okay? So God bless America. Very good. All right, and and uh, and let's see. I think we got one. Okay, then we've got Nadine, Heidi, and Alexis. We have Alex's little sister on top of a train. We have Johnny. He moved to Tennessee. This man waxed his eyebrows for the church and for Jesus because he had a unibrow going. We didn't like that anyway, but he took care of that. I'm kidding. And uh, he wa- he actually won the very inaugural contest with that. Though, of course, we got Nadine going wild out in the middle of the desert somewhere in some water. I don't know where that is. But anyway, that's awesome. So those are just some ideas of uh, some of the things that we can do and that we're looking for. And if nothing else, just take a great picture in your shirt. And what it does is, hey, it gives you a chance to tell people, I love the Lord. I love my church. I go to church. You can come with me. And it's a really fun time. And so... This year, some of you already know this, hold on to your seats. The first prize is $17.76 in cold hard coin. It'll probably halfway be in coin, all right? But anyway, so you're going to get $17.76 because we love God and we love America. Come on, somebody. And then also, yes, and then you get a gold medal, a gold medal, yes, from the Oriental Trading Company. It cost me four cents. But you get one, and you, you know, of course you get rejoicing rights for the next couple of years until the next contest. So, praise the Lord. Uh, everybody be ready. It starts Friday. It will run the length of the Olympics, so it ends on August the 8th. So you've got time, but everybody should be involved, alright? So, let's give a great big hand clap and rejoice for, you know, whatever all that is. Alright. And now what I want to do is welcome a very special group of people. If you are with us today for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time, we have a gift for you that we want to give you. This is Leah with our welcome team. If you could just raise your hand. We're not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to ask you to say anything. But Leah will uh, give you a welcome gift. Thank you. Welcome. Let's make it feel welcome. Very good. 
There's some information about the church in there. If you'll give us that, Leah will come up after the service and get that info card from you. And that'll just give us a way of saying hey and introducing ourselves. And we are glad you are with us. All right. Very good. Well, we've covered a lot of ground in the first 14 minutes of church already. We're doing good. What I'm going to do now is have Mrs. Pastor come up for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings and our missions offering. All right. So let's hear it for Mrs. Pastor. Good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Talk nice and loud. I can talk nice and, nice and loud without a microphone. Amen. I am so happy to see you all here. Wow. You're awesome. Give yourselves a hand. Yay. You're not part of that old lazy Christians that stay home. You're the, you're the group that comes on out. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm doing two things this morning. I'm taking up regular church tithes and offerings. And also, this is the third Sunday of the month, which is Mission Sunday. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand real high, and our ushers will will give you an envelope. Now, now make sure that you mark your missions envelope very plainly, because if you don't mark it, it goes in the general fund. Okay, so make sure that you do that. I'm going to give you... Uh, actually, first of all, I want to do this. Um... I want to read you, I don't usually read letters from our missionaries, but this one is so important that I want to read it to you. This is from Julius and Ruth Marar. Um, they actually have dual citizenship now. They're from India. They've, you know, born, raised India and stuff like that, but they're also American citizens now. And there, there's information, more information about them on the, on the board over there. But we received this uh, letter from Julius, and this is very heartbreaking breaking and heartwarming. So I want to read it to you because this is where part of your financial permissions money goes and you need to hear this. So Julius writes this. In the February newsletter, I gave a somewhat hopeful account of the, he goes to India and Nepal, okay, a somewhat hopeful account of the COVID-19 situation in India at a time when the second wave in the United States was just turning the corner. I had returned to India in December following nine months of the lockdown in the United States. I was excited to see how the Lord would use me in the mission field as it looked as if the COVID virus threat was diminishing in India and the lockdown had ended. So I went about business as usual. His business as usual is that he is a bishop over there. He has lots and lots of pastors and churches underneath him in both India and Nepal. And, and he also helps to run a uh, uh, school for the lower class children. They have like 600 children there and they also feed the poor and do all kinds of stuff besides just preaching the gospel. As it looked as if the COVID virus was diminishing in India and the lockdown had ended. So I went about business as usual, preaching and visiting churches and pastors in Nepal and India. Great results and people gladly receiving the good news blessed my heart. Remember that in India, the Hindus serve millions of gods. So acknowledging Jesus as their only personal Savior is a monumental achievement. But even as I returned back to the States in early April, the dreaded second wave in India, the second most populated country in the world, was already ramping up. Soon the numbers began to soar, with Uttar Pradesh hit especially hard. The state state in which Gudapur and Peace Mission are located and the most populated state. I returned on April 19th, COVID-free, but death from the virus was stalking my homeland, and soon the news came of unspeakable tragedy. Within three weeks, thousands of Gordapur alone died. 
The statistics across the country did not leave me unaffected, for the virus claimed the precious lives of six of my family members, my eldest brother, Reverend David Marar, 64 years old, and a beloved evangelist was one of them, and also three dear Peace Mission Church members succumb. The magnitude of all this sickness and death took a toll on my emotions. Remember, our missionaries are people too. Had it not been for the Lord and his peace filling my heart, which passes understanding, I would have wallowed in sorrow and grief. But his presence, comfort, and strength kept me pressing on. I thank the Lord for friends like you that sent condolences, along with their earnest prayers and kind words of sympathy during those dark days. Your love will never be forgotten. India remains in the grips of the pandemic, although a few rays of hope have shone through. But even if the virus subsides, India is still faced with an epidemic of hunger, poverty, and hopelessness. We at Peace Mission continue preaching the word made flesh, feeding needy children and their families, and rescuing Nepalese girls from human traffickers. That's another thing that he does. They find these girls that have been caught in human trafficking, and they, and they take them, and they put them in a safe home, and they, you know, get their hearts and their souls and their minds back to normal as normal as can be in a situation like that they educate them they you know make sure that they know the lord jesus christ and things like that that's something else that they do who have been taken advantage of this chaotic time because restrictions on gatherings remain in place online social platforms allow us to love and encourage each other in jesus the lord willing i will return to india in august where several people await baptism Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to read two scriptures to you this morning. The first one is a is for our tithes and offerings, and this is Leviticus 27:30, and I'm in the New King James. The word says, "In all the tithe of the land, how much? What what does all mean? All means all, right? <laughs> Whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord." It isn't yours. So like Malachi chapter 3 tells us, if we're not tithers and givers, then we're robbing the Lord. Because it says right here in Leviticus 27.30 that it's his. So if we we withhold our tithes and our offerings, then we're robbing from the Lord, as Malachi 3 tells us. And then I also want to read to you out of uh, Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, for our uh, missions offering. Go therefore, Jesus Jesus said, yeah, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Nations are made up of people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So most of us can't go to, to India. Most of us can't go to Nepal. Most of us can't go to Vietnam and Thailand and and Sri Lanka and all these other places that our missionaries go, but our money can. So when we give into our missions offering, that money is sent to our missionaries. They're on the board up there. You can see who it is that we support. There's been a few changes, but Pastor Dave will talk about that on another service. So anyway, Pastor Dave, I'm turning this back over to you. Amen. Amen. Well, 
It's good to hear what's going on with our missionaries. And if there's ever been a good time for us to support them and keep them encouraged, it's right now. And so I thank you uh, for everybody that faithfully helps us take care of our missionaries. Amen. And they are awesome. We have got a great group of missionaries that, uh, that we support. All right. Well, today, as you know, yet again, is the day that we're celebrating Pastor Sample's 70th birthday. All right. And so it's a big achievement. It is a big achievement, and uh, and so we're thrilled, man. We're excited uh, to be celebrating today, and it's an extra special day to a lot of us uh, because not only has Pastor taught us and uh, he's been there for us in the times when we really needed it, uh, he's helped celebrate our victories. He's helped walk us through uh, the the fiery times, the times of, of difficulty and everything. So it's exciting for all those reasons because we love him so much for that. But also, a lot of you know that in 2018, the devil tried to take him out and uh, and kill him from us. And uh, he, he beat stage four cancer in 2018 and a massive heart attack. All right? So... We had Dr. Mark Barclay was preaching here on a Friday night, and Dad wasn't feeling too good, so he went home, and and turns out he was having a heart attack while they were preaching, and and so we got him to the hospital, and praise God, the devil tried his best, but his best was not enough, amen, and so... Uh, Dad is totally healed, healthy, and whole now. The doctor says he's got a great, perfect, wonderful, healthy heart. The cancer's all the way gone, and we are back healthier and better than ever. And so, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Yeah. Amen. And so... Uh, for a lot of reasons, I know everybody uh, could say something they're thankful for. Tonight, we will give you a short opportunity to, uh, you know, maybe say a few words of something that you want to say uh, to him, and that would be great. Um, but we are going to honor him today, and I want to show you a Bible verse. First of all, 1 Timothy 5, 1 Timothy 5, verse 17. You can grab your Bible or you can look on the screen there for this. But 1 Timothy 5, 17, in the New King James, it says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Double honor. I love that uh, because it's, you know, hey, we it's a good thing to honor the people that God's put in our lives. It's a good thing to honor our spiritual fathers. But the Apostle Paul said, hey, don't just honor them. Give them double honor. And then I want to show you this same verse in the Living Bible, the exact same verse in the Living Bible. It says, pastors who do their work well should be paid well and should be highly appreciated, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. And I can say this, my whole life since my childhood, that's exactly what my dad's done. He's worked hard at both preaching and teaching. And there's a lot of people in here today who are healed and have uh, made it through and been healed of some very serious sicknesses, all right? I look all over this room and I see people that have been healed of serious uh, conditions because they learned the Word of God, right? It's not that any of us have any healing power, but the Lord Jesus Christ has all the healing power that is available. 
And when you learn that, you can reach out and grab that. That's why I was healed when I had leukemia at three and a half years old. My parents, they weren't afraid. They got the word of God, and I received a miracle healing of leukemia. And I see all over this room people that have been healed. I see marriages that were broken and have been restored. I see people that were hopeless, helpless, depressed, addicted, down and out. And because somebody worked hard, my dad, at both preaching and teaching, they received the answers they needed. And now they are doing great. Now they're an awesome, born-again Christian serving God. Amen. And so we're going to take up a love offering today to, to honor pastor for for all the things that I mentioned and many more. If you need an envelope for that or you're writing a check, if you need an envelope, raise your hand. If you're writing a check, uh, you can just make it straight out to Bernie Samples. Just write it straight to his name, Bernie Samples. Or if you're giving online, you could just click the tab that says guest speaker and we'll throw that in there and we'll get it over to him. But what I want to do as we're doing that is can we... Give Pastor some love. Can we stand up together and give him a great big round of applause and appreciation? Amen. Amen. It says they are worthy of double honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that he is healed, healthy, and whole. Hallelujah. And on top of all that, today is the anniversary of the 16th year since he was voted in as head pastor of the church here. 16 years today of senior pastor. Amen. Okay. I asked him if he wants to say anything. He doesn't want to say anything right now. But praise God. We are blessed. We are very blessed that we have been taught the word and we know how to use the word, you know, because a lot of places it's like, hey, I got to run to the preacher and get prayer every time I need it. And hey, that's always an option. But isn't it great when the preacher taught you how to do some praying for yourself and you can go do some battle for yourself. And that's what it's all about today. All right. So Jesse, come on up. If you are giving in the offering to pastor for his 70th birthday, you're going to put it in the bucket that Jesse is holding. And then your missions offering or your regular tithes and offerings could go in any of these other buckets. But one more time, let's give a round of applause and thanks for Pastor Samples. Amen. God is good to us. We are blessed. All right. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings, and then we're going to get into some praise and worship. Let's speak these words together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give your praise and you come in. We sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. We give them praise. You and heaven. The praises of your
working on, you know, me too. The biggest thing that I learned is no matter what, my dad committed to be a Christian in January of 1980. He became a Christian. He is not, as he will tell you, been a perfect man since then. But I'll tell you this much. Not one time, not one day has he ever looked back and ever walked away from that commitment that he made 41 years ago. And so, amen, and that, that's a lot to me because I see a lot of people, and I'll talk about this, that, that they commit to the Lord, and then they it's back and forth. It's like some sort of junior high, you know, relationship, and, and, and it's like, I, I love you, I love you not. I, I'll be there for you, and, and well, I'm not really going to be there for you. And, it, and, you know, it's just this, this, this silly thing, and I love that my dad, more than anything else, I've seen him preach thousands of sermons. I've seen him go to Russia and preach. I've seen him go to all these countries. I've seen him on TV. I've seen a lot of things, and that's all good and dandy, and that's really cool. But the biggest thing I've seen is just a Christian that every day, you know, I'm almost 36, so every day for my 35 years that has read his Bible, loved his wife and kids, and served the Lord and never, ever walked away from Jesus. And that's a big deal to me because there's not, not everybody does that. And what I'm here to do today is this, is to encourage us and to teach us how we can be faithful and stable. Because what the world needs now is love, sweet love. But number two, besides that, number two is stable, faithful Christians. Amen? Stable. Somebody that you don't have to, God doesn't have to say, well, yesterday he said he wanted to serve me and preach and be in ministry. And, and well, today he's out there at the bar and he's with some other woman. But don't worry, next week he'll come back. I'm not, I, I'm not here to judge, but, but seriously, God should be able to count on you. Because we were just singing how great it is that God's faithful to us. But it's also super cool when we're faithful to him. Everybody wants Jesus to be faithful to them, but how come not everybody wants to be faithful to Jesus? It's a great relationship when both sides can make the same promise and keep it. I don't want to be married to somebody that that I say, I will love you, I will be faithful to you, I will be there for you every day for the rest of my life, and they say, oh, thank you, I can make the same commitment to you at a 75% rate. Only 25% of the time will I be unfaithful in this relationship and go away and want, I'm like, you know what? No, thanks. Keep it. I'll find, you know, that's not for me. I'm looking for more of the 100% deal. And so everybody wants Jesus to be 100% faithful to them. But at the same time, none of us are perfect. We've all missed it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But at the same time, I should be a faithful Christian, and when I commit to Jesus, there's no need for me to look back because I done left Egypt, and they've got nothing for me. I've been delivered from slavery and bondage of the devil. They've got nothing that I want. This world, they've got nothing I want. Jesus is everything that I need, everything that you need, everything we need. We've got it in Jesus. And so my message, my encouragement today is this, is the ingredients for faithfulness. Because who thinks that we should be faithful to Jesus just like he's been faithful to us? Amen. And 
And now, of course, as, as we study and read, you know, there's some verses that hit me in the heart, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, yeah, I'm sorry, and I repent, and i got to do better. And I pray the same thing happens for you. And so there's no condemnation, no judgment of this, but there is encouragement to say, let's do our best for Jesus. Because when I die, listen, I'll be fine if I don't die a billionaire. I will not be fine if I backstabbed Jesus and I walked away from him. I will not be fine if my children don't serve the Lord. I cannot stand that thought. My children will serve the Lord because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't deal with that. I'm fine if I don't die a billionaire. I'm fine if I don't have the biggest house in San Bernardino County. I'm fine if I don't have the most Instagram followers. I'm fine with all that. But I'm not fine if I was not faithful to Jesus who was faithful to me every time I screwed up, every time I didn't deserve it, every time the devil thought he had me, but Jesus came and pulled me out of it. I got to pay him back. I've got to do my best to live for him. And so we're talking about the ingredients of faithfulness. All right, so let's pray this morning and we're going to get into the word of God. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, for your holy written word. God, as we do so often, we thank you that we have Bibles, Lord, right here in our own language that we can read, Lord, that we are in a church together with other Christians, and we are worshiping you. And God, I pray that you'll speak to us today. Lord, if we need to make changes, help us to shoot our pride down and admit, hey, I need to make some changes. I need to do better. But we know, Lord, it's all for your glory. We want to give you the best. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? So three ingredients today for faithfulness, all right? Number one is this. Number one is love for God. Now, that may sound shallow. That may sound like, well, duh, that's not very deep. But listen, I'm not talking about someone that's all talk and no follow through. I'm not talking about some generic lip service. Well, yes, I love the Lord. Yes, of course. I'm not talking about silly stuff like that. I'm talking about you need, I need, we need, if we're going to be faithful to Jesus and to the end, we need to absolutely, genuinely love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our might, and our strength. We need to love him more than anything else in this world. And as we get there, as we do love God, listen to me, we'll be faithful to him because he loves us. We know that. He loves us. He loves us enough that he gave Jesus to die for someone like me, someone like you. That's a lot of love. But listen, when I say love for God, I'm not talking about lip service. I'm talking about actually loving God and living my life the way that he wants to. And there's a lot of people, hey, there's a lot of people that claim to love God. Hey, I love him. He's my everything, but it's on their own terms. I love him when it's really convenient and I've got an extra weekend this month. There's a fifth Sunday. So uh, yeah, I'll give God a few minutes. Why not? Hey, because I love him. That's not real. Listen, we all like it when Jesus gives us his best, right? You like it when, when God blesses you and it is exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. We all love his best. Listen, we need to give him our best. I can't give Jesus my leftover time at the end of the day if I've got a few minutes. I need to give him my first cut right off the top of the day, my best amount, my, my best time, right? 
You know, I, I can't give Jesus, you know, well, you know, I'll obey you if it's easy and it's convenient. We need to love him enough to obey him. John 14, verse 15. Let's look at this. John 14, verse 15. I promise there's encouragement coming. You guys know that I, I like to encourage. I like to build up. I like to do all those great things. But there's some stuff here that we've got to get to today. John 14, verse 15. Amen. Who's glad they came today? Amen. I'm glad I came. And tonight I'm going to be glad I come because there's free food. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Dude, burgers and potato salad? Let's do this. I'm not afraid of a cookout. Don't threaten me. John 14 and verse 15. Check this out. Jesus said, if you love me, go walk on hot coals like other people do of other religions. If you love me, cut yourself. If you love, he said, if you love me, just obey my commandments. Now, this is really simple. That's not that deep, but it's very profound. And we all know that, yeah, sometimes there's parts of the Bible that maybe some of his commands are, are that, that's not that hard to do. That's easy. But there are some commandments. There are some parts of the scripture, the New Testament scripture, that are not the easiest thing to do. But if I love him, I'll obey his commands. He said, listen to me. Bless those who persecute you. Love your neighbor as yourself. If someone smacks you on one cheek, turn the other cheek also. That is not that easy to do, friends. That's not that easy to do. But if I love Jesus, I'm going to obey his commands. If I love Jesus, how do I prove my love for him? He said, easy. If you love me, just obey my commands. In fact, one time Jesus was telling a story about two guys. One guy, he built his house on this sandy foundation, right? And another guy built his house on the solid rock. But the thing is, the guy that builds his house on the sandy foundation, he's like, Lord, Lord, what should I do to, you know, follow you? And Jesus says, wait, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't ever do what I say? Why do you call me Lord? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I'd call me something else. Call me friend. Call me. But don't call me Lord if you don't do what I say. And what I'm getting at is a faithful Christian, they call Jesus Lord because he is Lord. They actually, you know, they're not perfect. We all miss it. We all trip up. We all fall short. But, man, when we fall down, you get back up and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. And he will give us another chance. But I'm talking about the ingredients for faithfulness. If you don't truly love God, you're not going to stay faithful in that relationship. And one thing that I mean, I've seen over and over again, sadly, and it, and it hurts my heart. I just saw someone like this recently, man. When they're on the mountaintop, when they're just, you know, scoring a victory, they're they preaching Jesus to everybody. They, they're, you know, they're just, you know, loud and proud and, and all, you know, blasting it from every mountaintop, every rooftop, how much they love Jesus. And then two weeks later, nowhere to be found. I'm not judging. I'm not making fun. But that's a dangerous spot to be in where you're on and off, in and out, up and down. In fact, James, Jesus' half-brother, put it this way. Somebody that's like that, they're double-minded. They're like a wave of the sea. They're unstable in all their ways in everything they do. 
And what do we need now? I told you, love, sweet love. But then number two, we need stable Christians. Somebody that says, you know what, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. You know, I'm, I'm not going to overcommit, but I'm going to follow you. And so when somebody goes back and forth in their love for God and their commitment to him, it does considerable damage to their reputation and to those watching them. Now, I'm just asking you to listen this morning. I'm not expecting, a, you know, the hallelujah chorus, all right? I get it. We're talking about some stuff here for a minute. But listen to me. When we go back and forth in our commitment and our love for Jesus, it does considerable damage to our testimony and to the kingdom of God. Bystanders may not articulate it, but they're thinking, hey, if Jesus is so good, why can't this guy at least just stick with him for more than a month at a time or more than a year at a time? If he's really if he's really as good as you talk about, then why don't you just stick with him and commit to it? Thank you. Amen. I, got, I felt that. I felt that. So let me do it. Let me do it. The Apostle Paul says it a lot better than me. Philippians 3.18. Philippians 3.18. I may need a security escort out of this building after church today. Cause, amen. Praise God. Hey, we're here. That's the word of God. We're here to help you out. All right. Philippians 3.18. Philippians 3.18. Lawrence, pull my car to the back door, brother. Okay. Then bring me back for the burgers tonight, though. Philippians 3.18. Philippians 3.18. So Paul put it this way. And, you know, I remember reading this verse when I was a young man. And, I, and it just hit me. I'm like, wow. Dear God, Lord. This is, it's a, it's a, 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 something to think about. Some, it's, it's something to examine our lives with. But Philippians 3.18, Philippians was not written to sinners because someone read this and say, oh yeah, that's talking about the sinner. This is talking to born again Christians. And this is a slap across my face sometimes. Philippians 3.18, the apostle Paul, a straightforward, straight shooting man. He said it this way. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, that's, you know, again, that's not something we're going to get up and run around the church about. That is something that I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, help me. If I am, if my conduct is showing people that I am an enemy to the cross of Christ, I repent right now. Lord Jesus, help me. Help me right now because I don't ever want to be in that situation. That's a hard thing to imagine. That is not, that's a hard thing to imagine. And this isn't uh, talking about the antagonistic, loudmouth atheist. People read that and they're like, oh, yeah, I know who the enemies of the cross of Christ are. It's those guys out there that are, you know, making fun of Christians, those guys that are burning down churches. And, yeah, duh. Of course, yeah, they're enemies. Yeah, yeah, we get that. They're not our enemies, but obviously they're very opposed to what we do, okay? I get that, and that's an obvious thing, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about Christians whose conduct is so damaging to Christianity that they're doing more harm than good to the cause of Christ. And Paul said, listen, their conduct says that they're, literally an enemy of the cross of Christ. The biggest enemy and obstacle we face, and I'm, you know, I said that, but it's not just the antagonizers and the haters and the, and you know, the people that hate Christians and everything we stand for, but it's the double agents. It's the people that 
go out and, and you know, and, and, and well, I put one of my Bible college teachers, I loved this guy. He was so, so straightforward. But he told me this story. He said, one time when his son was in high school, his son left the house and he was wearing a Christian t-shirt with a Bible verse on it. And my, my college professor, he's like, where are you going? I'm going to school. What are you wearing? I'm wearing this shirt. I got it at church. Take it off. Why? Why? Why would I take? You are not leaving this house in that shirt. Dad, gosh, what's going on? Why can't I wear it? It's a Christian shirt. Exactly. I know you act like a fool at school every day. You're out there being crazy. I do not want people associating Christianity with you out there spitting spit wads and giving people wedgies. Take it off. You can go put anything else you want on there. Go put a Metallica shirt on. I don't care. But you're not leaving this house in that shirt. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, chill out. But after a while, I get it. Because if you're going to do more damage to the cross of Christ than you are good, don't wear the T-shirt. Don't put the bumper sticker on. Keep your mouth shut. Amen? Listen. We're talking about being faithful, and we've got to reach a place where we love God enough that we can say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I am so not, and, I, and I, it's not about perfection, but Jesus, I love you enough that I can walk away from that. I, I, I love you more than that. I love you more than these people. I love you more than this show. Do you realize how many TV shows and movies I have had to cut out of my life? Since I really took the Lord seriously. I mean, come on. There's thing. And I put it this way. If Jesus Christ was on your couch, sitting there with you, you know, drinking a Coke Zero or whatever. And, and, and you know, he's at the beard, sandals, everything. He's sitting there right beside you. Would you be watching that show if he was in the room? And guess what? He is in the room. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is in the room. And so when we begin to get this reality, there are things that I'm, you know what, never mind. I'll just, we'll, we'll put Paw Patrol back on for the kids, okay? I can take Ryder and Chase for another round here, or, you know, whatever. But listen to me, when we really begin to reach this level of, I want to be faithful to you, Jesus. I want to, you told me you'd never leave me or forsake me. I want to say the same thing to you, Jesus. When we get that level of love, there are things that will push away because the possibility and the potential of our conduct pushing people away from Jesus and us being labeled an enemy of the cross of Christ, that's too great. Uh, that's, that's too big of a, I, I can't do that. That, that, that. that is too much for me to handle. I've got to step away from that. And so let me show you one more verse here, Ephesians 4.30. This one's nearly just as painful. So if the last one about took you out, just buckle up and put a helmet on. But Ephesians 4, verse 30, we're here to help today, amen? We're here to encourage. We're here to be better Christians. Who wants to be a better Christian? I want to be better, man. I straight up, I want to be better for Jesus. I am nowhere near satisfied with where I am in my Christian walk. I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more like him every single day. So it doesn't offend me when somebody reads Bible verses like this to me. I'm like, you know what? Hey, bring it on. I want to be better. Ephesians 4, verse 30, of course, the apostle Paul writing this also, he said, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, 
he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And so he's identified us as his own. He said, hey, that's one of mine right there. She belongs to me. He belongs to me. And and are there times, parents, when you're just super proud of your kids? You're like, hey, she's mine. <laughs> he's mine. And then there's times in the store when they do something stupid. Who is that? Whose kid is that? Somebody needs to get a hold of that kid right there. And you, you've identified them as your own, but then there are points in time, and maybe you're not there yet if you're a new parent, but there are points in times when you're like, wow, I've got a little sorrow right now. I've got a, that, that, you know, I, that hurt a little bit. There are times when there's a little bit of embarrassment, right? And, and you get what I'm saying. We love our kids. We would never, you know, we get that. But, but we need to be realistic about this. We need to identify the fact that it is possible for us to bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit, for us to to bring sadness to God. And and nobody wants to think about that. Nobody wants to make God sad. But the truth of the matter is this, is that when Jesus was on this earth, there were times that Jesus cried. There were, and everyone was like, hey, that's Jesus. I mean, he, hey, he's got no emotions. He, he's got, he's tough, man. He is tough but he is full of unfailing love. And I don't care who you are. It hurts when somebody that you love with everything that you have doesn't love you back. When you give everything you've got for somebody and it's not reciprocated, when you give everything you've got, when you love them with all of everything that you are, and they constantly, consistently just don't really seem to care sometimes. And Sure, that's painful. And it says we can bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that we live. And so, again, what are we talking about? The ingredients of faithfulness. If we're going to remain faithful, if we're going to, and you know, listen, my goal is to be faithful to Jesus until the end, and I'm going to do that. My goal is to live a very long life. And Katie and I, we got married at 19, and we're coming up on our anniversary next week. It's going to be 17 years. I knew it. Yeah, I knew I'm just, it's a game we play. It's a game we play. So it's 17 years. And so, but we got married pretty young. And so our goal was like, man, think about this. If we live super long, we could be married 80 years, 90 years. You know, if we live, wouldn't that be awesome? The goal is to stay faithful, stick together through it all, all the way until the very end when we go to heaven. And how do you do that? You love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. You love him with all that you are. And then number two, we're talking about a love for God. Number two, trust. Trust. Well, yeah, we get that. But I'm talking about one of the only ways I can explain how someone can remain faithful for a long period of time through thick and thin, up and down, whatever, is there's gut to be genuine trust in that relationship. You're not going to stick with somebody that you don't trust. You're not going to stick with them. And we all say, yeah, I love God and I trust God, but we've got to get to this level of, man, you know what? Things are really rocky right now. I may be going through the storm. I may be walking through the fire. I may be going through a situation, but through it all, I trust God that He's going to get us out of this thing. We're not staying in the fire. We're not staying in the storm. We're not staying in this situation. I trust my God to get us through this. He's done it every time before. 
He's going to do it again. There's got to be trust. Now look at this verse in Jeremiah chapter 17. Can we turn there? Jeremiah 17. Are you still with us today? We're talking about the ingredients of faithfulness and how you can stay and remain faithful to Jesus because he's going to be faithful to you. We already know that. I don't even need him to explain how he's going to do it. I trust that he's just going to do it. But we're going to make that same commitment to you. Jesus, you're faithful to me, and I am going to be faithful to you. Jeremiah chapter 17, we're going to look at verses 7 through 8. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. And I love these verses. It sounds a lot like Psalm chapter 1, if you're familiar with Psalm 1. But Jeremiah, of course, has a little bit of a different angle on it. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, it says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Is there anybody in here today that you trust in the Lord? You are blessed. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Well, why are you so confident? I trust in the Lord. (laughs) It's not because of me. I trust in the Lord. Look at verse 8. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Well, I mean, I don't know how you could do that. You trust in the Lord. When we trust in him, we all go through some seasons of the heat, right? Anybody been in Barso the last couple weeks? Wow. It has been hot. Amen. And I'm like, I had to turn to Jeremiah 17. I know it says something. It said this somewhere, the season of heat, the season of drought. But guess what? If we are trusting in the Lord, we are blessed. Our roots, they go deep into that living water. Our leaves are green. We are blessed in everything we do. But what does it all come down to? It says it right here. Trust. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And we got to learn to trust some people. Like, yeah, man, I trust God for this big giant thing over here. But listen, we need to trust God in every possible situation. You need to start trusting God even in the little things. Because I know a lot of people, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll pray to God and trust him when, you know, the nuclear bomb hits. But it's all these little things every day that just are constantly nipping at us. And they don't ever respond. They don't ever pray about it. They don't ever do anything about it. And Song of Solomon 2.15 says it's the little foxes that come in and spoil the vine. You need to start handling some of these little attacks from the devil. You got a headache. You got a sore throat. Praise God. Listen, you take an Advil if you want to. You could also pray about it. Someone's mean to you at work. You could sit there and, well, I'll, I'll take it. Or you could pray about it. You could do something about it spiritually. But you need to start handling some of the little things. Amen? And so... I was thinking about this story when I was, uh, I don't know why this just flashed back to me. I thought of this story in years, but I remember one time when we were little kids, we were going, me and my brother Josh over here, he's wearing some salmon colored pants. Those look good, by the way. And so it's here for salmon. All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, praise God. So uh, we were supposed to go on this bowling field trip the next day. And hey, it was a rough time. We didn't have much money. We we were a little bit, you know, a little bit poor at the moment. And uh, and so, we, each of us, me and Josh and my sister, we each needed a dollar to go on the bowling field trip the next day. 
And hey, this was the early 90s. Money isn't like it is now, okay? So was, <laughs> I'm joking. It was a dollar. And so uh, we didn't have, we needed $3 to go bowling and we didn't have it. I'm like, Dad, we're, we want to go bowling with the other kids. What are we going to do? And he said, hey, it'll be here by tomorrow. Just trust God. I'm like, okay, well, it'll be here by tomorrow. I didn't know how it was going to come, but I knew, hey, if my dad who trusts God says it's going to be here by tomorrow, $3 is showing up by tomorrow morning, and I'm going bowling. Thank you, Jesus. You need to have that trust. And so God will get God will get the resources to you sometimes in some strange ways, right? And so I remember back in the Old Testament, Elijah was out there in the middle of the desert. God brought food by the ravens to him every single day. I mean, there, God has used different ways. In this instance, God used my drunk redneck uncle, all right? And so here we go. So we're like, how's it, how's it going to happen? How is God going to get the $3? So later on that night, the phone rings, and it's, it's my drunk redneck uncle. And so he's like, uh, hey, can you guys give me a ride? I need to get home, and I need And so my dad's like, oh, boom, here it is. Here it is, yeah. I won't say his name, but anyway, uh, uh, we could potentially do that. Do you have $3? Yeah, I've got $3. I'll be right there. Have your $3 ready. Boom, $3, and God got it to us, and I went bowling. Right there, come on. Went bowling. We went bowling, all right? Didn't do any good, but we went bowling. All right, praise God. So check it out. But seriously, trust God. He will get the answer to you, and when you trust him, you don't tell him how to do it. You just trust that, hey, it'll be here by morning. Just trust God. It's going to happen. And I'm telling you, it's the little stories like that time and time and time again as a child. And all you parents are teaching your kids the same thing time and time again that when they grow old, when they become an adult, it's no big thing. Well, God brought that back then. God will help me take care of this situation right here. But if you're going to remain faithful to the end, you're going to have to love God and really love him, not just say it. You're going to have to really love him. And then number two, you're going to have to actually trust him in your life. And then number three is a little thing we call contentment. Contentment. Now, as a Christian, we need to learn to be content. And that's not something we talk about a whole lot. I admit that I don't have tons of sermons about contentment in my uh you know, my library, but that's something that needs to be addressed and discussed for us. Here we are in 2021. We need to be content. Now, listen, I'm never going to be content and fully satisfied with how I am doing serving Jesus. I'm always going to want to go more. You understand that? I'm not being hard on myself, but I always want to do better for Jesus. There's never going to be a point in time where I say, well, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to grow in the Lord anymore. I think I've peaked. This is probably as good as it's going to get right here. No, there's never a, I'm always going to be striving for more and to grow more as a Christian. But as a Christian, as somebody who's going to be faithful to Jesus until the end, I know this much. When I've got Jesus, I don't need to look anywhere else for fulfillment. There's no person in this world that is my complete fulfillment. I love my family and all that, but I don't put the responsibility and the burden on them of fulfilling me and giving me joy. And so many people do that. He's a bad husband. He doesn't give me any joy anymore. Well, why don't you look to Jesus? 
I, I, she's all right, but I'll tell you what, you know, she don't make me happy no more. And, and you know what? If, if, if the burden of your happiness is placed upon and laid upon your wife's shoulders, how dare you, man? Shame on you. That's not where you should be. Listen, yeah, there should be happiness and joy in these relationships, but listen right now. Jesus is the source of our fulfillment and our contentment. And I'm saying that with all seriousness right now. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Ignore the youth group. They're going to get your popsicles. Ignore them, okay? Every eye in the building was like, Psalm 23. I always want to do better for Jesus. I will never reach a, a point in time where I say that I'm good. I'm, I, that's, I got nothing else to give. That won't happen. But if I'm going to be faithful to Jesus until the end, I'm going to have to realize that he is everything I need. I'm content because of that. Psalm 23 and verse 1, and I, I know the King James says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I love the way the NLT puts this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Period. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need right there. And I, you know, I worded this. When the Lord is my shepherd, what else could I possibly need? Yeah, he'll add good things to my life. He'll bring those things. Matthew 6, 33, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. I get that. Yeah, no doubt about that. But the Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything that I need right there. He is it. I've got everything that I need. And there's so much freedom. There's so much power in that one statement, in that one verse that I wish so many people could get. Yeah, you need hard work. Absolutely. We need that. And yeah, it's great having the things we want. Everybody wants nice things and nice stuff and bigger toys and and nicer houses. But those things don't bring me fulfillment. My house doesn't bring me fulfillment. I'm happy I've got a bigger house now. Thank you, Nadine. You know, hooked us up. Hey, we needed it. No doubt about it. That's nice. But I was fulfilled before the house. I was fulfilled before I had a car. I was much more fulfilled before I had an iPhone. Wish I didn't have one. But listen to me. I... Those things don't bring me fulfillment. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything that I need right there. And when you reach that level, you'll be more faithful to Jesus because you realize you you quit chasing the dollar everywhere. You quit chasing the, the, you know, the, well, this will make me more happy. Or or, or, or if I just had this, or if I could just go and do that. Those things are nice. God will bless you with those things. We are a church that believes that. Some people don't agree with that, and that's fine. If you don't want your blessing, I'll, I'll take yours too. If you don't, you just hand it this. So that's fine. But God's got a blessing for you. God will provide for all your needs because Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yes, I believe that God will provide the money I need. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I believe that God will provide me health and healing because Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so, yeah, absolutely. But listen, my fulfillment simply comes because the Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need. I'm not chasing happiness anymore. I'm not chasing joy anymore. It's chasing me. I'm not chasing Bless. I'm not chasing things. 
when I serve Jesus, those things come after me because I seek first the kingdom of God and all these things are added unto us. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Amen. I was talking to a guy loading my groceries the other day. You may want to check out that Walmart grocery pickup. That'll do you a whole lot of good. Amen. Come on, somebody. Say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need that stuff. They'll bring it to you. All right. And so anyway, this young guy's bringing it out there. And, you know, it's like 157 degrees or something crazy. And so like, hey, how's it going? Well, it's hot. No doubt about it, man. We're all feeling it, brother. And so we're talking about, and he, and um, we're talking. He's from the Midwest, like I am, and and we're talking about how I was looking at the the people in Indianapolis. The high was like seventy, and people were complaining about the heat. I'm like, shut up. I shouldn't say that, but shut up. How dare you complain about the heat? That's stupid. We can only dream of something like that. So anyway, we're sweating bullets, and I'm helping him load because I don't want the poor kid to die. And so he's like, man, I hate this place on a bar stone, man. It stings so hot, man. So daggum down. And just trashing bar stone. I'm like, man, you know what? I love this place. I love it. Man, you don't miss it back there? Man, I don't miss it back there. I, I love this place. Well, well, how could you love it? Well, let me, uh, Psalm 23 and verse 2. Psalm 23 and verse 2. Why? Well, the Lord is my shepherd, number one. I've got everything I need right there. But look what he does for me, even in the desert. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I don't see no peaceful streams. I don't see no meadow. Man, that's because the Lord ain't your shepherd. I said it. Nope. I'll say it again in cursive. Listen, the Lord, if he if he's your shepherd, you're content. I've got everything I need. Yeah, you know, I could always use more money. I could always use a bigger house. I could always use, that's fine. But listen, I don't need, I don't need it. I'm fine. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Well, where have you been all day? In this heat? I've been down in the green meadows. Where? With God. Uh, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing tomorrow? I'll be down by the peaceful streams. There's no peaceful streams on Barstow Road. Hey, check it out. There is. Because everywhere that I go, I can be content in Barstow. I can be content in Saudi Arabia. I could be content in Antarctica. I could be content in Texas. I could potentially be content over there in Florida. Listen, potentially, listen. That was a joke. (laughs) The point is, we can be content anywhere we are because when the Lord is your shepherd, it's not about the geographical location. It's about the spiritual location and If you're going to be faithful to Jesus, you're going to have to grow up about some of this stuff. And you're going to have to realize right now that no matter what, I love you, Jesus. I love you enough that I would die for you. I trust you, Jesus. Even when it's really difficult, I'll walk by faith and not by sight. And number three, Jesus, I will be content. You're everything I need. I thank you. You'll bring you'll bring the blessings. I get that. But you're everything I need. I've got it all right there. The Lord is is my shepherd. And when you're not chasing that stuff, you don't wander off the path and become unfaithful. You don't wander off the path. You you stay stable and committed because you're content that you've got it right there because you've got Jesus. So what I'm talking about today is the ingredients for faithfulness. You're going to have to really love God if you're going to actually stick with him through thick and thin. You're going to have to really trust him Because there's going to be difficult times sometimes, and then you're going to have to be content that, you know what, I'm not chasing all that stuff. God will get it to me. I'm just going to love him and rest in the green meadows 
right beside the peaceful streams. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and uh, I'm going to have Josh come up. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Amen. Amen. Realize we had a little bit of an abrupt landing right there, but praise God. We love you. You are loved. If you think, well, nobody loves me. Hey, I love you. Jesus loves you. You are loved very, very much. And maybe today some of the stuff we've talked about, you're like, man, that kind of hurt. I don't want to hear that. It's that dude up there judging me. I'm not judging you. Stop that. Don't be, you know, don't be like that. Listen, if God spoke to your heart today and maybe there's a little bit of room for improvement, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm the only one in here, but there's room for improvement in my life and in my actions and in my relate. I'm not afraid to admit it. I am very far from where I need to be. But if you're in that same spot, maybe today's the day that you could say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm willing. I'm ready to make some changes. I'm ready to do things more your way. Well, today's a good day for you because we know how to get you where you need to be on that. So I want to take a minute today, though, as we kind of wind things down. I want Josh to lead us in a worship song because if nothing else, Jesus deserves some praise from you today. Jesus deserves a few minutes of your undivided attention. And so I'm asking us as Josh leads us in a worship song, I'm going to have our prayer team come up today. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything, maybe the Lord isn't actually your shepherd. Maybe he was at one point, but you kind of wandered away. Hey, we're not here making fun. We're here to say, come on back. We've got you. We're going to, we're going to help you get where you need to be. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never had that relationship. Hey, got you. We can get you connected today. Maybe you're here and you need prayer for your healing. We can do that. If you need prayer for your marriage, if you need prayer for your kids, if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you today. I'm going to ask Josh to lead us in worship for a few minutes. And, and as we do that, I ask that we remain reverent, you know, Hey, uh, there's no need to leave right now. Give give God five more minutes. There's no need to, to you know, do whatever, check your, you know, your stocks, whatever you do. On, I don't know what you do on your phone. There's no need to try to get down there to Popeye's. They're not running out of those chicken sandwiches anymore. They're stocked up, bro. I already checked. So listen, listen to me. Let's take a few minutes and give Jesus some of our undivided attention. And if you need prayer, come on up. We want to pray for you today. Amen. of Abraham, a God of covenant, and of faithful promises, and time and time again, 
You have proven you'll do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting sun, I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me God from age to age the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do, your faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. Let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to from the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, He'll never let me down. I put my faith in 
anchored to the ground my hope and firm foundation Son to the setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me hallelujah amen still got some ministry going on up here so we'll be reverent to that but praise God Thank you, everybody, for being with us today who had a good time in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hearing the word of God. Praise the Lord. Well, if you were with us uh, for your first time today and you got a welcome packet, Leah will be by in a second. She'll grab that info from you and, and just give us a good way of saying hey and introducing ourselves. So she'll be over there in just a minute. There she is. There, well, there she is now. There's Leah. Let's hear it for Leah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's her. That's her. She's our children's church director, if you didn't know that, that she's in here with us today. So praise God for that. All right, we love everybody. And I'm going to let Dad close us out today and uh, invite you to come back tonight. Amen. 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 I, I, I just want to say this. I appreciate all the good things that Pastor Dave said about me and everything. But <clears throat> this party tonight, you know, I, I was thinking about yesterday. We had a birthday party at my house yesterday. As those of you that know, we have eight children. They're all grown up. They're all married. We have a lot of grandchildren. And for all of you that are grandparents and you that are parents that have older children, one of the biggest blessings of your life, especially if you're a Christian and you know things that really matter, when you have a family get-together for celebration, it doesn't make you different about gifts or money or anything like that. You love to see your kids sitting around the table together getting along. You love to see your kids out just been together, et cetera, et cetera. So tonight for this party, especially the older we get, I don't know about everybody else, but birthday parties are nice, but they don't mean a whole lot to us anymore as far as that part goes. What what means a lot is when the kids come together. And so I told these guys a couple months ago, 
after all the COVID shutdown and all the all the not having any get-togethers at church, I said, man, I got a 70th birthday coming up. I said, let's use that as a rallying point, as a point of contact to give the people a reason to want to come out and be together again. And so, uh, you know, I, I just want to say it again. My greatest joy as a minister of the gospel, as a pastor, is not anything else in the world other than seeing your marriage come out of shipwreck and get right. Seeing your kids get off of whatever the devil's trying to steal their lives with and get them back where they belong with you and with Jesus. And then seeing you come off a deathbed and being healed. That's what my life's all about. It's the joy of seeing people win because we can show them what to do. And so for me, for tonight, you know, I know it's, I know that the focal points and celebration for Pastor Sabbath's birthday, but for me, that, that's not what it's about. For me, it's to see my spiritual children come together, smiling, laughing, having a good times. And, you know, I'm so glad, you know, Pastor Dave, I don't, I don't know what all they're going to do now. If he said something about you get to talking to Mike, you want to? I'm so glad. This is not like a lot of surfs. I see this building. I got a little jug sitting up here and a picture behind it. And then, it's open mic time. Talk about what a great man he was. <clears throat> I'm glad I'm still alive. And I'm glad I get to hear you say good things. Not that I want to be have the good things said about me for me. But, you know, if it makes you feel good, that's okay. But I'm glad I'm alive to be here to hear it. Amen. Amen. And so I know I, I know we have visitors and things like that that aren't my spiritual children. But if you want to come tonight, there'll be plenty of stuff to do. And like Pastor Dave said, it's free food. We're in California. If it's free, we want it. That's kind of a joke, but it's kind of a fact, too, for a lot of people. <laughs> but anyway, I'm really looking forward to tonight of being together because we're not all wearing masks. We're not having to be two miles apart. And we're able to come together and have a good time as Christians. Amen. 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 So we're going to do the Barstow Faith Confession. All right. <clears throat> Are you ready for the Barstow Faith Confession? All right. Let's say this in faith in Jesus' name. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. So it is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. It's full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>